Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your host, Nolan Kate, likes to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, let's the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Calls, joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. Noel, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. How 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 was your Thanksgiving? Because we're recording on like a Saturday as opposed to a Friday. Yeah, well, because we do immediate family Thanksgiving on Thursday, right. and then we do extended th- family Thanksgiving on Friday, mm-hmm. and extended families in Wisconsin. So there's a lot of driving. It's a whole thing. Right. Um. So I appreciate the uh, reschedule for our record. Of course, that means I need to immediately turn around the editing, and I'm not looking forward to that. But it was worth it for delicious turkey. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to record on Friday anyway. I was pretty much dead. So. Yeah. yeah, I got off of. Well, that's that's what flying will yeah, do. Flying across the country, not a terrific experience, especially when you're pretty sure you have sinus infection. So, oh, yeah, gross. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. That's I'm not fine. Fun. I've been not doing anything today until <laughs> we started recording. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I flew out of Washington on Wednesday morning and came back on Friday afternoon. Okay, like that's a lot. That's a very fast turnaround. That is a very fast turnaround. So I'm like tired, and I didn't really Mm -hmm. watch a whole lot of stuff until I went through and went. I actually did watch a whole bunch of stuff this week. (laughs) That's how I felt about it too. I was like, oh no, I haven't seen anything, and but like I turned it around real quick. So that was surprising because it's it helps when it's all pretty much shows that other people like. Yeah. <laughs> so like, are they're super accessible, easier to get viewing in with family members. Um, we're going to be talking at the end of the show about our, our, our it'll be our final check-in on our 2017 TV resolutions. Um, of course, Noel, your resolution was... To watch more anime. And what was your resolution? To watch more streaming series and specifically YouTube series. So we'll, we'll be checking in with that. It's our last check-in before we do our 2018 resolutions for next year and kind of like wrap up how, how this year went. So uh, that's going to be at the end of the show. Before then, though, uh, we have a lot of TV to talk about. We heard from some of our listeners this week. Um, first of all, we heard from Carl. Always appreciate hearing from Carl, who asked us about Godless. Uh, Noel's going to talk about Godless in our week in TV, so we'll get there um and he also was asking about search party and you know it took him a while to get into it he kept trying and it kept going back and it didn't click and he kept trying five it. Times, so he finally dude. just yeah five times that's so many times yeah. i don't like i don't have the energy for i used to have that right. i don't anymore so it's interesting for me peak tv because he was asking if that's like a symptom of peak tv having to like things are so niche that you have to like really try to get into them but I feel like for me, it's actually the opposite because there's so much more niche TV out there. I'm way less willing to give things multiple tries because I know I'm not going to watch it all anyway. So, you know. No, I've gotten a lot more ruthless too, as we can sort of discuss when we get to Godless. Yeah. And some of the other ones, yeah. I'm sure, as well. Um, Carl also, I mentioned he's watching Samurai Jack with, with his Woo! kids for the first time and... Like, it is his first time watching, too. You're going to have so much fun, Carl. I'm very excited for you. Yeah, no, it'll be great. And your kids will love it. They'll just start wanting to, Mm -hmm. like, kill a bunch of beetle robots all the time. And get covered Mm -hmm. in oil. Death to the beetle robots. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, we heard from John who asked about Outlander. Um, and because I we haven't been talking about it on the show, because uh, you don't watch Outlander, you did watch the the reunion episode we talked about this year, but you don't watch the show regularly, which is part of why I haven't been talking about it, but also because I got behind and I recently caught up so that I could go be a guest on Podland Podlander Drunk Cast, which I'm sober, but you would think I wasn't from the it's a hard word to say, is what I'm saying. Um, which is the fabulous podcast by friend of the show, Allison Shoemaker, um, and uh, and her co-host over there. And so I was on subbing in for Julie uh, with, with Allison and, and Janine, and it was a lot of fun. We talked about this last week's episode, um, Heaven and Earth. So that's the the podcast where pe- where we sit around, get drunk, and then record a podcast, a couple hour to two hour long podcast about uh, Outlander. We tried to keep it to an hour. Um, they like to talk, and I was there. Noel, so how long do you think it was? Three hours. N- almost two okay, almost two um the, yeah and i just they're like we can keep this two hours like okay, okay. yeah i will not talk then <laughs> <laughs> but um anyways it was a lot of fun so you guys if you're curious about my thoughts about outlander you can go check that out um i tweeted out the link but i uh, just just search it up Podland- podlander drunk cast and it's a lot of fun um then also john mentioned that he is having trouble with jane the virgin cuz the chemistry with adam is just really not working for him we've been talking about that as well more on that john when we get to jane the virgin um i i threw out cuz of course this week we're doing our resolution check-ins i threw out uh, a tweet asking for suggestions for different streaming shows that i should check out so thank you to everybody who responded that was very helpful uh thugyota reached out with some thoughts on queen sugar and the cw crossover um so yeah i i, I we've talked about that thugyota that we're uh we're with you on some of the decision making in the second half of the season but hopefully they can bring it back next year and I'm like, okay, so Thuggy is not excited about the crossover because there's like three characters and all the different shows that they actually care about. Right. And so like, how do you watch that then? I'm like, well, just, you know, yell at the TV when people are being stupid and the characters you don't care, care about are there. And then just enjoy the characters you actually do like. And if your ratio is not too high on that, that might be tricky. But that's that's my advice, at least. I'm like, I'm really excited about this. Crowd. Like that trailer did its job. Really, and I'm really I'm, good. I'm super here for four hours of like superhero hijinks and hanging out, getting drunk at, at, at the wedding and then punching Nazis in the face. Yes. With evil Supergirl. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've, I've actually seen the first episode of the crossover. Um, they put out a almost completed version of it uh, last week. Uh, well, this week rather before like the holidays and it's good. It's a lot of fun. And um, I'm hopeful for it. Cause it's very much a, here's what we're going to do type of episode mm-hmm. but it's it's very good and I, but i feel bad for iris that her wedding keep her she just she gets keeps yeah. getting killed or her mm-hmm. wedding gets ruined by all universe nazis and you know but yeah it's fun it's i hate all universe nazis yeah, um <laughs> so but yeah no so the first episode's a lot of fun um and i'm looking forward to the rest of it yeah, uh, we'll we'll be talking about it next week. But yeah, I'm super stoked for that. Um, Darkest timeline. Sean recommends that we wa- that we do actually catch up with damages. We've talked about that recently. How neither one of us have actually seen damages. But uh, but Sean says only season one. Don't like just just tune out after season one, which is interesting. I feel like a lot of people have told me that before, though. Yeah, no, no, but doesn't we were talking about this in relation to dancing? Doesn't he come on later? Um, I don't remember. So I, I only know, I feel like season one is like all Rose Byrne and Glenn Close. I think that's correct. And yes. then. 
I mean, like, I'm down with yeah. that, certainly. So if we do ever check in, we will respond with thoughts on season rankings and such. But that is noted, Sean, and maybe we'll get to that at some point next year. We'll see. Uh, we also wanted to mention a very excited huzzah for The Good Place getting a season three renewal. Yes, very happy about that. Uh, and also our continuing coverage here at the Televerse of hashtag me too and the various stories of, uh, uh, allegations of sexual assault and harassment that have been coming out. Uh, Charlie Rose fired, uh, after at least eight allegations yeah, of like, not like borderline, like real bad, uh, sexual harassment. It's like, I just assumed everybody wanted to see me naked in their job interviews. Yeah. Like, Come on! Around in the bathrobe too, and it's just like no, no, no. And the the Lassiter stuff as well. John Lassiter resigning right before that story. But seeing the different people's responses to knowing the story is going to come out has been very interesting. Because of course, there's the spacey, which is the pretend you weren't reached for out, you know, like for a comment. Don't give the newspaper a comment and then have a very clearly prepared statement that you release immediately after. So people think it's an off the cuff response, which, yeah, there's that. Um, then there's the Lassiter, which is a uh, step back with a note of apparently I've made some of you uncomfortable and I really apologize for that. That is not my intent. And what's best for the company is what I want. And I love all of you guys. And I'm going to go away now for a little bit before all of the, yeah, no, he's super gross stories come out. Like, I feel like it's a better PR response. I don't think it's necessarily a good one. The good one is don't, you know, molest your employees. But apparently that's too hard that's, for some people. Really so it's really difficult to parent. Yeah. Very challenging. Very challenging. Um, anyways, keep it coming, ladies and gents. Keep telling your stories if you're able and you're and you're up for it because we want to know. We want to throw away our Charlie Rose coffee mugs and uh, support people who are uh, not harassers and predators in, in the workplace. So, yes, very, very glad that that was sw- such swift action from PBS for such a like and a CBS substantial too. beloved yeah. figure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we'll see if we have more to report on that next week. But we need to get into our week in TV because right. there's there's uh, there's some stuff we got to talk about this week. No, there is um, mainly because, you know, we thought it was going to be a light week. And then TV was just like, ah, <laughs> suckers. TV was like, Thanksgiving is until Thursday. Come and on. And then we're not even going to take Thursday. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I was just like, let's do a Thanksgiving episode. Sure. Yeah. Which is what happens when you have a a crossover that needs to happen at a certain yeah. point and certain characters who need to be awake for that to yeah. happen. Anyways, more on that in a bit. For now, let's listen to a little crazy ex-girlfriend and we'll be back with our waking comedy right after this. For almost 30 years, I've known something was wrong, but mom said weakness causes bloating, so I tried to be strong. Fake it till you make it. That's how I got by. And when I tried to find the reason for my sadness and terror,
that was my diagnosis from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend this week's episode. Uh, so much, so much to say about that. But first, we're going to kick things off with Bob's Burgers. Thanks, Hoarding. Then Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Two Turkeys, Jane the Virgin, Chapter 70. And we'll round these out with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Josh is irrelevant, period. Um, so first up is Bob's Burgers. And we talked about their uh, Halloween episode. They tend to do really terrific seasonal, like, like, ho- like not, they haven't really done seasons like they haven't done like Easter episodes. They haven't done like President's Day, Veterans Day, but they do really good at at Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. And uh, this this year's Halloween episode was like solid, but for Bob's not as good. I thought that this was a real good Thanksgiving episode. This is right in the Kate Kulsik sweet spot. Total wheelhouse. I may, I might be Bob. My family might have been going. Eh, sound familiar? It was it was fine. No, the turkey. I, I messed with the timing with the yams and the, the turkey was a little dry. And it just it's I've uh, like that. I drive my family nuts doing that every year uh-huh. that I cook Thanksgiving. Um, so this was wheelhouse, Kate. Like I said, but I still thought it was terrific. What did what did you think of Thanks hoarding? I enjoyed the peek into Teddy's life a little bit mm-hmm. and his and his whole hoarding aspect of wanting to fix everything, uh, getting worked through with his uh, parents. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this glimpse into Teddy's life and how all of that sort of worked because I, I really don't feel like we've gotten too much after eight seasons, too much of like the psychology of Teddy. And so I really enjoyed this uh, glimpse into his life, but I, I really have questions about how he's able to afford such a nice place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it feels like it's not the most expensive city to live in, I gotta say. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. But yeah. I mean, yeah, and fish odor doesn't seem to care too much about the rent. So <laughs> yeah, there is that. There is that. Um, I really liked um, just like little touches. I mean... The, the 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 kids being absolutely stuffed from the first Thanksgiving and then being made to move and then when they just like come back into the living room and the kids are just on the floor like yeah. that is an important is phase of Thanksgiving <laughs> certainly for the younger among us who don't you know maybe have to do all the dishes and or drive the cars or whatever right. um I thought that was absolutely appropriate and like that's what I was thinking of that's my that's my Thanksgiving experience I don't care about Black Friday though I'm sure a superstar episode around that would be a lot of fun but like just like I can't I can't move it just it seemed like a good idea at the time it was just <laughs> I loved it it was it was delightful and it's it's that those little things that really speak to me about uh like about like holiday episodes it's the 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 verisimilitude but also just the um not going for a joke just be like no that would be wrong to go for a joke here the joke is the reality of like their experience yeah yeah no the reality of like that food coma experience is really nice and hopefully i'll get to experience that tomorrow Mm -hmm. but um yeah so no I, i i appreciated that but i also appreciated that they were still hungry by the end of the episode, ready for the do-over um, Thanksgiving that Bob was, like, very, very happy about. Um, well, like, a lot of us do more than one Thanksgiving for various yeah. reasons. And so that also feels very honest. And, uh, yeah, yeah the, the, it, it was it was a fun episode. And like you said, that glimpse into Teddy's life, because we haven't gotten that. We're eight seasons in. We've gotten, we know almost nothing about Teddy. Um, but and so, so that was a good way to keep things fresh and still get... Th- 
the the very character specific like Thanksgiving stuff that we know about Bob um, in there as well. So it was it was a nice episode. Uh, I also really enjoyed Brooklyn Nine Nine Two Turkeys and just watching. It all comes down as far as I'm concerned. It all comes down to the the family dinner and Jimmy Smiths and Bradley Whitford being idiots. Um, it was just so fun. Like like the one upsmanship as, as as things take a turn and they were realizing the downside of getting these two very competitive dads drunk. Oh, that's uh, right. Alcohol has downsides. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a good time and a, a nice uh, West Wing reunion for uh, some of us, but also just a. a like a good way to to introduce those characters to each other and give us a little reminder on where everybody comes from. Yeah, it was, and I I honestly expected like Bradley Whitford's um thumb to be a fake out that he was <laughs> doing um based on like some of the shot selections, but then they're just like, oh no, it's real and it's happening, and I'm just like, this is very very good. And then we still got the awkward but legitimate. Dad hug. Father, father hug. Yeah. The dad hug. And it was as awkward and terrible as it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed that. But I also enjoyed the, the hijinks at the precinct as well mm-hmm. um, concerning the walnut pie and the search for that and the revelations of everyone's uh, weird Thanksgivings and of uh, Diaz being uh, very excited to go see Minions the Musical. The best part, though, was clearly, my son's a basic bitch. Uh, yeah, no, my son's such a basic bitch. And it's just like, <laughs> this is very, very good. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, no, I enjoyed that, but I also enjoyed, like, the capper of taking a trip without a reason. Raymond. You're so <laughs> I resem- saucy. I resemble that as someone who enjoys walking in the rain, but must have a reason that I need to walk somewhere to justify right. taking a yeah. walk in the rain. Like, yeah. abs- oh, loved it. It was good. Yeah. It was good. So, no, yeah, it was a very strong episode overall. So I, I really enjoyed all of that. And I enjoyed that Sol- uh, Scully and Hitchcock got their moment. I always love when they they're suddenly super competent, yeah, and then are immediately dismissed for being too incompetent. And it's, it's just like <laughs> this is very good. <laughs> yep, good times. Um, well, let's move swiftly on to Jane the Virgin because uh, we are wrong, and I'm so excited we are wrong. Adam's oh. gone. Theory. Hopefully, yes. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm really hoping this sticks, and it isn't just like he goes out there and finds out it just isn't for him, and then comes back, and it's just like no. Adam, I want this to be, I want your dream to be fulfilled and I want you to be happy and just please stay away. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it also recontextualizes some of what we've been seeing and kind of like a very <laughs> self-involved level putting up with his viewers of like, oh, he's rebound guy. Okay. That's why. Yeah. Because they couldn't actually, you know, pursue a, a real love interest but without rebound guy and without just having constant comparisons to Michael and all this other stuff. So letting Jane process some of that with a, this is not very kind, but a rather disposable love interest that we didn't care that much about. Um, right. But the, the show tried so hard to make us care about. They and that did. was really the problem here. Yeah. Is that they tried really hard to make us like the rebound. Yeah. When that's not what the rebound is for. <laughs> no. Well, first, to, to buy into this idea that the rebound is legit and, and true yeah. love and everything like that, too. So, like, I do think that they were selling it in this episode. I really liked the 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 way they were handling, you know, where Jane was moving and, and her feelings with Adam in this yeah. episode. But, um, 
no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I'm sad that he's gone or he's leaving. Um, and, um, I also, but I do think it speaks well of him that like he intentionally stayed out of her book premiere things because he didn't want to be in the photos and have like all that, like, yeah, I was like, actually, you know, props to you. That is a good, and he didn't want to rain on her, her day and tell her he was yeah. leaving before, you know, like, but I thought that was actually showed him well. Um, but my little shipper heart did go a little Peter Pat went with the, all the, the Jane and Raph stuff of like, oh, he was a little upset that you weren't more upset. And it's very cute. Not it the most mature, cute. but very cute. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I was, I was sort of rolling my eyes a little bit. I was just like, oh my God, just communicate with one another. It's fine. <laughs> You're both yeah. adults. Yeah, but just we're not always good at communication. Like just. How many times have I said in the past, however many weeks, I just need to be better about communication and then I won't have so much stress. And I just like, we know these things, but it doesn't mean that we always live up to our own expectations for ourselves. That's true. That's very true. But Uh, yeah. 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 Now, do you think there's like some trick coming with Anushka? Because like, that is a big card to play. That is a big card to play, and I don't know. Um, we'll we'll have to wait and see, just because I, I I don't put it past the show to be like suddenly they're triplets hidden. Yeah, and, and it's just like that's what that's what happens. And now we have slightly more beautiful sister show up. <laughs> <laughs> redhead, yeah, right, a redhead sister, and um, just to give Yael more to do, mm-hmm. but I. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so we'll have to wait and see because they've done this kind of thing before to us. Yeah. And so, but it is a big card to play. And I'm not convinced that it solves their one of these people will die thing. Because it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll I see. Think we'll do it again. Yeah. What's well, the thing? And it's so like, it feels out of nowhere for her. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, it doesn't feel like a we got a goodbye to that character. And usually we get a goodbye to a character if they're going to be written off or something yeah, that like it retroactively feels that way. Um, and certainly if it's a character we're supposed to care about at all, like Roman Zaza, we didn't get one, but nobody cared about him. Anushka, I think we're supposed to care about just because the right. performance is so endearing. And, yeah. And I like Anushka. I mean, yeah, she's. Aneska, she's like, she's delightful. Um, she's, I mean, she's easily manipulated, but she tries really hard. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. <laughs> it's a different kind of like, um, it's a nice contrast and foil to um, Petra's own type of try hard. And I, I pre- I've always appreciated that. I always was much more invested in the conscious of the sisters. And for me, the part that doesn't work is the mom at this point. And I would much rather have the mom dead and us trying to figure out, you know, like just scheming with between the twins. That's much more interesting to me. So we'll see if they undo it. But if not, then it's, you know, they needed to shake something up with that corner of the show. Yes, they did. And maybe this will do that. But I also don't really want uh, the mom as our big bad again because I'm over that. (laughs) Aren't we all? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, let's move on to our last episode in our weekend comedy. That's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Josh is irrelevant. And this episode was so good. Noel, like, they're killing it again. It's so good. It was. It was a very, very strong episode. And this, uh, the songs were good. 
and the overall sort of approach to the diagnosis and the euphoria around a new diagnosis as a pathway to uh, healing uh, is really sold really well in my diagnosis. So do you want to talk about my diagnosis a little bit? Uh, I loved it. There's like a paragraph in the notes. (laughs) Listeners, like I watched it right away and then I just like in our notes, which we sync up, it was just like paragraph of Kate colored text. Just like, I love it so much. So here's why I love it. Uh, First of all, it is much more interesting than a lot of the different songs they've written. As far as I'm concerned, Um, just the musically, it doesn't feel like it's just drawing so so specifically from a particular song or a particular subset of music. Obviously it's a Broadway, you know, kind of thing, but it doesn't like, like I've been listening to some of the older songs and um, just a lot of them, you can point to a very specific, this is a parody of this one song uh, or this one video. And this more was drawing from the overall storytelling method of Broadway and musical sound of Broadway, traditional Broadway um, uh, as a large genre. I would, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that, Though some of the songs that have been most specific or sorry, most successful for me this season have all been ones that drew from musicals, uh, musical tradition, like musical storytelling. Um, and, and so something hyper specific like The Buzzing from the Bathroom is still really terrific and, and great. But this one is one that I will sing and have stuck in my head. I've already watched the video like five times. <laughs> um, but it's also very well written in terms of its lyrics. All the long notes are, are long vowels. Uh, so they elongate your mouth and create like an like an oval shape, which makes it easier to have a nice resonance and to get a good tone quality and, and a, a confident sound and, and good vibrato and everything. It just it, you project a lot better, um, which is why if you ever watch Annie and she does maybe all the long notes are A's, things that make your your mouth long and sound nasally and terrible. <laughs> That's why the song is so annoying. Um, anyway, so this is the opposite of that. Uh, I also really like the structure of the melody. Um, a lot of like, like my diagnosis is an octave jump. It's this open, hopeful, optimistic sound with the big leaps and this, you can feel her jumping for joy. In just if you look at the music on the page, you can see that in the the spacing of the different notes. Um, and I thought it was a really good balance of the humor of the show, but with a, enough sincerity to really match what's going on in the show right now. Uh, so it works within the show and then it works outside of the show. I think you could pull this out and use this as an audition number. I think you could use it um, in a different narrative about mental health. Like this song could just slap right in. So it's specific enough to the tone of the show and to um, Rachel Bloom's sensibilities. Uh, as a songwriter, as a as a composer, but also as a performer, uh, that it works so well for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and for this episode, but it also is more universal than that. And that I think is terrific. That's always what I uh, am most drawn to my favorite musical numbers from the show. So I could just keep going on and on and on, but I just, I loved it so much. Do you have any thoughts on it, Noel? No, I agree with you. And the universality of it, I think is uh, really significant in terms of, Again, going back to this idea of she has a different avenue in which to approach herself. It's one that she rejects initially. And I appreciated the journey that that episode takes through basically having that song as this 
optimistic thing and then comes crashing down around her when she foolishly looks things up on the internet never <laughs> look things up on the internet <laughs> and it's a bad idea it's a terrible idea it's gonna spiral and so i appreciated that the optimism of this song is immediately countered by the rest of the episode of denial and a refusal um so i i liked that particular juxtaposition of uh hopefulness versus an overall sense of no this isn't what i this isn't me at all and then it's oh no i have all nine of these things from <laughs> yeah from, from, oh from God, the doctor paula. i know <laughs> that's not like. you at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah and paula's paula's deep sense of denial here is um is it's nice but it's also like not helpful so mm -hmm. i really appreciated um how all of that really played out and it's it's just so well put together and i could have done sort of without the valencia stuff as much as i sort of liked the song and what the song was operating in but the joke was to one note i got it immediately and i just went oh but then you're just gonna tell me what the joke was and it's just like no it's well performed but i i didn't i didn't need that particular song and i didn't need the joke hammered into my skull which is what they do here the whole point is how uh, like they keep it, it is just that it's just a poop joke over yeah. and over and over again. and how long it is how lengthy it is is part of the joke right but it's like it's exactly it's the kind of thing you, it's like oh i get what you're doing here yeah we're gonna have three minutes of this aren't we and there's nothing there's not like you know it's a catchy song what, enough it's catchy enough i'm not gonna remember it in two weeks other than i'm gonna remember it existed but i'm not gonna be able to sing it um right. and stephanie ruiz is doing a, a very good job performing it it's nice to see her get like a more you know a better song for her to spotlight her abilities yeah. um women's gotta stick together is not that good a song as far as i'm concerned like like it does what it's trying to do but again, it's not going to be one I'm going to remember. Um, but I certainly remember it much better than the movement, my movement or whatever. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I'm with you on that. It's like I, it's funny. I get it. But that other song was really emotionally resonant and really funny right. and really well delivered and and and. Um, and so we, there's, I feel like um, the some of the songs in the season have felt very perfunctory, and when the rest of the 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 episodes are so powerful and so hilarious and so terrifically like brought together written crafted everything having a perfunctory song in there to have a song like doesn't do anything right. for me it just distracts from the the pacing and the 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 mood and just just puts a pause in everything when i would like to be progressing to the next part of the story um it, it's like it's like exactly the reason that people who don't like musicals don't like musicals <laughs> right right no i was just thinking that is that the perfunctory songs are the reasons why yeah no why people who don't like musicals don't like musicals is just like it gets in the way and like i have critiques of that within musicals of like this song doesn't need to be here because we're slowing everything down mm -hmm. um when we should be hurtling towards whatever the end of the act is and that is what happens here i mean the song's fine but it's just it's it's a struggle to once you realize what they're doing and then go like you said three minutes of it and then you're just like this is a really good family guy sketch that we're in right now yep and then yeah so no it's fine but it's yeah i would have rather have had a patter song for josh hector just being like it's not about you 
And yeah. I'm just in like a da 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 Maybe I did right. this. Maybe I did this. It's like, it's not about you. Like, right. That would have been, a, actually, that would have been an excellent choice. I like that idea a lot. They should have done that. And it would have given, like, Hector something to sing, which I don't think we've gotten yet. No. But they wanted no. a comedy beat. They, they right. wanted to give us some space from, from Rebecca and, and her spiraling and, and the intensity of everything else, which is why they, you know, went this route with it. And they wanted yeah. to give, you know, Valencia a song because she hasn't had one right. in a while. But I don't know, you know, like I would have much rather had a Josh Patter song. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a good idea. I think that, that would have been a much better idea, especially since white Josh and Daryl were off in their yurt. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor oh. sweet Daryl. Poor sweet man. Okay, so friend of the show, Alison Shoemaker, uh, who already mentioned at the beginning of the show, but she writes the Crazy Ex-Girlfriends uh, reviews over at AV Club. So the bottom of her review for this episode has Daryl is played by a, br- a broom, only uh-huh. it's now a sunburned broom. It's like orange. Oh. Highly recommend listeners to go check it out. Um, the last thing I'll say is a couple, uh, as a two prank thing, um, I really liked the stuff we were getting with Josh here and what it speaks to, like, or what it says about where we're going with that character this season and the explorations he will be going on. Him showing up with a puppy, of course, is so right. perfect at the end and then turning around and hopefully returning that uh, puppy to a uh, reputable breeder and not a puppy mill yeah. um, would be very nice. Uh, but but also, I'm so very excited about the episode title for next the next episode, which is, do you know? I don't know. No, the- I didn't look. It's it's getting over Jeff. Oh, right. It's, yeah, it's Jeff, right? Yeah. It's the first episode titled to not have Josh in it in the entire series. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm very, very excited about that. <laughs> it's such a monumental thing. When I saw the episode uh, description and I was like, uh, not the description, but the title. And I was putting titles and notes, you know, into our notes for the next several weeks. I was like, oh, my God, guys, guys, it doesn't have Josh in it. And then just the other day, uh, Rachel... Rachel Bloom was was tweeting out, there's no episode this week, but there will be one next week in FYI. So I was like, oh, don't think I didn't notice. I definitely noticed. And I'm very excited. Um, so that, that'll be not on our next episode of the Televerse, but the week after that. Um, certainly, we're very excited about that. Uh, any other thoughts on Josh is Irrelevant? No, no other thoughts. Uh, just, again, a really saw, really strong episode that's been part of a really strong season so far. Yeah. Well, this one's a hard one for me. What one's your week in comedy? Because... Got Crazy Ex Girlfriend was terrific, but Brooklyn Nine Nine was really funny. I love Bob's Burgers. Which way are you going? Um, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Crazy Ex Girlfriend award goes to Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Um, yeah, it's not really fair because like it's my diagnosis. Like you, you can't compare to that. We've been waiting for this for three yeah. seasons, it's, and it so pays off. Like everything we've wanted to see for her, and it's just so satisfying so good yeah it was yeah but we love you too bobs in brooklyn you had good episodes keep 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 it up it's been good um now we will take a break listen to some music and come back with our weekend drama and genre
that was Priestess by uh, Pumarosa, uh, which is featured this week in Marvel's Runaways, which has premiere on Hulu. First up in our weekend drama genre, though, Noel's going to give us some thoughts on She's Gotta Have It season one on Netflix and Godless season one as well. Then I'll talk briefly about The Punisher season one. And we'll both talk about Marvel's Runaways, um, the reunion, Rewind, Destiny. Then we'll talk about Supergirl, Wake Up, and we might do a little Arrow Thanksgiving talk in there. Not much, but mostly we'll be talking about Supergirl. Have you taken this to Billy Joel? <laughs> it's Mr. Joel. Thank you. Because uh, that's even funnier. Um, but first up is She's Gotta Have It, which is the the new show from Spike Lee remaking his own film and i know like nothing about this because i haven't seen the film obviously i have a lot of respect for spike lee as a filmmaker but i haven't seen that one uh so how is the series how much of it have you seen from this first season and are you gonna if you haven't finished yet are you gonna go back for more right so i've only seen the first two um but i'm definitely gonna go back for more um so this is him remaking his first feature film ever um from 86 i want to say 85 or 86 and i haven't seen uh the film in about i want to say a decade to 13 years um so i don't remember it super well uh but the television series operates very much within a spike lee uh vernacular a lot of direct address to camera um quick cuts music segues to emphasize mood or tonal shifts um character shifts and perspectives um but it's very very good um so far it's really thoughtful about this one woman's exploration of her life and sexuality of uh she maintains a relationship with three different men um that fulfill her in three different ways and how that conflicts with her life with her art and with them as well as uh the three of them progressively become aware of one another and what that what that what happens in that um the big thing that will come up though and he's mentioned this in interviews regarding this but he talked about this way back in like i want to say 2014 as well when he was already developing this as a television project back when i think showtime was going to do it it was showtime or hbo i forget which um that he didn't like the rape scene that was in the original film and he was just like if i ever remake this as a television show it's not going to be in there ever 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 it was a bad idea to do it i feel really bad that it's there still and i've grown a lot since then so it's never ever going to be there so it's presumably not in this one um and lee's someone who tends to stick to what he says he's going to do for the most part and so but i really like it um the up i don't think that anything has a sexual assault uh on a street um is sort of a motivator for a lot of things that's happening with at least within the first couple of episodes and so i really like how the show treats that and how that propels things forward and what it does to um nola who's our main character and so but no it's really good i encourage folks to check it out even if you haven't seen the film um and i don't think that anything necessarily gets lost in this update um but again i haven't seen the original uh the film in again like at least 10 years uh but no i certainly encourage you to check it out kate and listeners as well i'd encourage you to check it out as well well and knowing nothing about the show that's really intriguing to me and and nothing about the film as well so i will try to bookmark you know to get that in some viewing in uh because we're getting into 
December, which means list making time of year. Um, so I, this is one that yeah. I will try to make sure I get some time for, um, uh, before I get to the listening. Um, one that I am not sure I'm make some time for is godless. And here's why I haven't seen it. I love Westerns. I enjoy pretty much the whole cast of this. However, some intrepid person on Twitter went through the pilot and hash mark every time a male character got dialogue and every time a woman uh, got character got, got dialogue, a woman character got dialogue. And the men had at least two, if not three times more dialogue than the women in a show about a town where there are no men. Well, here's a here's a fun thing about that. The town barely factors into the first episode. It's really exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, watch our show. It's super um, feminist. It's all about widows taking their own and making the frontier their place too. But it's really about a couple bros. Yeah, that was my sense of the first episode. Um, in that the first episode is a lot of exposition of here's our central plot element, which is Jeff Daniels is chasing after this guy that got off with some of his money and wants revenge after he already burned a town and killed everyone in the town. And then he just goes off and the guy who um, stole the money ends up in uh, Dockery's like, land and he she's taking care of him. Scoot McNary's the a sensible sheriff of this town of widows and women. And the politics of that town don't really factor into the first episode. Um, Dockery's character is on the outs with the town anyway, uh, because they shot her husband um, um, over something that I don't quite remember. And so the town itself doesn't really factor into anything within the first episode. And instead it sets up this whole, we've got a bad guy, Western guy with a whole like 30 guys that are coming for this town because the town has the guy. And it's just like, oh, so we're just doing this of this, this very tired and true Western trope of a town coming together to fight off the bad guys to protect this one guy that they don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I've seen this a gazillion times. I saw it when it was the when it was Seven Samurai, everyone. Yeah. And um so I, I I'm I like as you said, everyone in it. Scoot McNary is this kind of feckless um sheriff is a really cool bit of casting, and he's very good in this. Michelle Dockery is also very, very good in this. But I'm not compelled after the first episode to go back to it. Um and this isn't even particularly like my general sort of disinterest in the Western as a genre. It's just, I thought this was going to be about this town, about ladies. And I don't even get a sense of what this town does as as an entity within this first episode, which was really frustrating to watch as they just mostly emphasize that Jeff Daniels' character is a sociopath, sort of. And the long stretch of just talking about this oncom- incoming storm of dudes with black hats. She's like, I don't I don't care. I'm going to go watch some more. She's got to have it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and I, I really enjoy Westerns. So, like, this is much mm-hmm. more, you know, up my alley right. than it is for you. But, like, there's too much TV. I got too much TV to, to watch. And nothing you're saying is making me feel like this is any different than those other ones. The other no. versions of the story that I've seen. This doesn't have, you know, 
Dean Martin giving an amazing performance in Rio Bravo. Right. So this doesn't, you know, oh, like, despite very, good very Bravo, troubling too. politics. Right. Very troubling politics. This doesn't have the much less troubling and laudable politics of High Noon or the fabulous groundbreaking score of High Noon. Like, if if you want to have, like, the 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 group of bad guys is coming into town for revenge or whatever like it's a very it's very well trod ground there needs to be a hook and the hook here is the town of women and so when everyone that i've seen who's who's that i've spoken to on twitter and i've seen the reviews from whose opinion i respect on this type of stuff says oh yeah no the women don't actually function it like they don't really matter for a significant part of this first season or at least certainly the early episodes then i'm like okay so the whole point of me watching was for this element that just keep watching eventually we'll get to it and yeah no iron fist i'm not gonna keep watching until colleen shows up because i've learned you know um so yeah i'm 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 sure if i had more time if there wasn't so much tv if it was a dry spell if i was looking for something to watch with my dad who loves westerns yeah. This would be a great thing for us to watch together. And maybe that's where I'll bookmark it um, mm-hmm. for what I'll bookmark it for, like holiday viewing and stuff. But uh, but for right now, mm, I just don't have the time. And that's really how I feel about Punisher season one. I watched the first two. And as far as I'm concerned, right now, I'm done. I don't need to watch more. I don't need to watch more like really violent, abusive, like, you know, with problematic, shall we say. And it's some of its depictions. Um tv just because john bernthal is really good i know he's really good i don't need to see this performance to know he's really good um i can wait for the next thing and nothing i saw in these first two episodes was compelling in any significant way so um i'm not enough of a completionist that i need to watch all of punisher especially when i know that um you know night nurse isn't gonna be showing up uh claire i should say claire temple is not showing up and i mean if I need to watch, if I want to watch this kind of stuff, I will watch the Punisher arc from Daredevil season two, which right. was the stronger part of Daredevil season two. And I don't feel like there's, at least in these first couple episodes, well, they really commit, it's laudable how much they commit to his PTSD, the character's PTSD, and how dark he is. That's why I don't want to watch the show, because I don't need that, you know? Like, I get, like, it's also just, just, just like this notion of laudable gritty dark broken trauma traumatized man as hero who has to save us all thing like we've seen a lot of this kind of storytelling it's like what the the air quotes most recent golden age of tv was all about uh flawed problematic broken men uh who are heroes um and i i don't i'm not hearing anything from anyone that that compels me to watch more that like i get it i can see what they do well um, it's not fun for me to watch him snap a guy's neck. It's not fun for me to watch him torture a guy or trick a guy into torturing him. You're like, oh, okay, this whole thing has been his scheme all along. So when the guy pulls the gun on him, we know that he's not actually the, he was his plan, and so the gun's not going to have a bullet in it because that's you know what he wanted the whole time. So the guy would tell him this evil scheme because the guy knows that he's in a show and the villain's is basic enough that he'll just tell him his whole scheme, like. It's not interesting to me. I don't have the time. I would much rather watch more of Marvel's Runaways, which had its premiere on Hulu. I saw the first episode of Reunion and half of Rewind, which is the second episode. 
Um, yeah. How much of, well, first of all, do you have any thoughts on Punisher? And then how much Runaways did you get to? Right, so I had zero interest in watching Punisher, so I did not watch any of it. Um, and I'm very okay with that choice, as much as the Netflix app would like me to watch it and keeps pushing it on me. And she's like, no, no Netflix. I'm going to watch She's Gotta Have It instead, and you can't make me watch Punisher. <laughs> You're not the boss of me yet, Netflix algorithm. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Um, but as for Runaways, I watched the first three episodes that Hulu dropped this week, um, as is their want to do now. Um, of dropping like a handful of episodes to get people pumped and excited. Um, so how familiar are you with Runaways? Have you like read the comics at all? Because I haven't no. read the comics. I'm like passingly familiar with them as a concept. Yeah, I know the but... setup and that's it. Right, no, I was the same way. Um, so what did you think about the episode and a half that you watched? I thought that it was, uh, it, it really spoke to, or like I, I should say the the way it was structured and, and like written and, and, and everything really made it clear that it was like picked up for a whole season they don't try they don't hold your hand they don't try to like get you in right away with a big action set piece well they have their opening their problematic opening which we will we can talk about but um the but overall it's just like teens living their life and spoiler alert we'll get to the dinosaur later you know and, and I appreciated that restraint. Uh, I thought I really benefited from that. Episode three, in fact, they get to the dinosaur. Episode three, they get to the dinosaur. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, but, but you know, just glancing over Wikipedia, like, if they wanted to, they could have absolutely, like, tried to draw people in with, like, the genre crowd in with, like, magic or different things. And there's a little bit of that with Molly. But for the most part, they, they're interested in being a show about characters Mm-hmm. who also have you know superhuman things going on and we're going to find out more about that as it goes along as as they figure themselves out and in a season two in a season three it'll be much more your traditional i think superhero team but for right now it's a show about teens who've got some serious stuff going on the fact that at the end of the first episode we have things have kicked into gear they've seen the instigating incident for runaways um but they haven't answered the question of how their friend died like you get a sense that this was this really tight group of friends and then one of them died and that two, it was two years ago and it broke everything up. But we still don't know how she died or what happened or why there's such tension between these groups of friends, this group of friends. And I'm super compelled by that. I, th- I thought it worked. I thought it worked well. It's not a great premiere. It's not amazing or anything like that. But no, it's interesting enough. Um, the The characters are, you know, of a type, but but. I think the performances are charming enough that I'm I'm super here. I'm I'm here to watch more of it. Certainly much more than the other superhero shows that aren't on the CW. Yeah, no, I agree. Like Reunion I think is a bit of a slog, but that's because it's they're laying out a bunch of stuff. And like your yeah. your point about them knowing that they had a full season pickup and we're just like, no, we're just gonna like ease you into it a lot. And we've got a lot of ground to cover because we have parents and kids that we need to establish. And Reunion is focused mostly on the kids, but Rewind focuses on the parents and both end up being a really effective, like, two-part episode. And Rewind, I think, is actually a little more compelling um, in terms of just narrative speed, um, which helps helps the show a great deal. And then Destiny has, which is the third episode, has a lot more of, oh, right, these are the things that are happening to us. And we also get a sense of, like, a better sense of how these parents uh, are working together as the pride 
um, and the tensions within them that we start to see in Rewind, but really, like, you get an even better sense of in Destiny, is that they're also sort of broken in a way that this group of teens are also broken um which matters a lot because they got so many good solid character actors to play the parents yeah um that you really it would be a waste not to use these guys and um to their full abilities and the show does really effectively and so i'm also eager to watch more i like how the show feels very much sort of like a mix of shield but also some of the net especially the first episode feels very much within the netflix vein of a kind of grittier sort of idea but then it goes back to a higher gloss because they couldn't keep the director that they wanted to keep um so it goes back to a kind of higher gloss of an abc studios production um that feels more at peace with some shield um at some point um but it's smarter and more confident than shield has ever felt basically. And so I really, I really enjoyed it and I'm really eager for more. And your point about like the cast um, of kids being really compelling is true. It's got the uh, main male lead from faking it as, um, as the son of James Monster's character. And he's very, very good. Yeah. Chase. Right. And so everyone's really compelling. Everyone's really good, I think. And yeah, I'm definitely eager for more. And I think you'll, you'll really dig destiny because they start like doling out some of like the stuff, the supernatural type of sci-fi genre stuff. starts doling out a bit more in destiny of like, Oh, I accidentally made it snow in my mom's office with her magic staff. And it's just like, oops and then they have to clean it up before she gets she before she gets back so i mean there's teen hijinks coupled with oh we had a party except the party was just i made it snow by accident (laughs) and it's very good and i mean it's very much a josh schwartz type of show of like we're dealing with these one percent kids in this one percent environment uh but it's got that oc with x sort of vibe to it and it works very well overall so i'm definitely here for a lot more and i'm eager to see where the show goes from here yeah i also am enjoying the whole like a gib or whatever religion thing and oh yeah yeah seeing where that goes should be very interesting i mean Mm -hmm. i've done some wikipedia digging so i know some of it um but i think like watching (laughs) watching that character the the daughter of the woman mm-hmm. in charge of the church uh come to like figure out what's going on and the extent to which she thinks it's her religion and when figures out maybe it's not i think it's going to yeah. be really interesting yes um and fun so we'll see where that goes but yeah i i was surprised to be as charmed with this as i was yeah. and i feel like it's a nice like light easy viewing and another one if you have different age groups who all like genre stuff i think it's a good fit for that Right. And and parents listening, I mean, there's like swearing for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so like maybe not for your young kids, young teens, uh, but maybe for your um, middle of high school teens, if you don't really have hang ups about language issues um, then or um, attempted attempted rape. Yeah. Um, so there's, then there's, it's, there's implied peril, but yeah, nothing much comes of it yet. Yeah, right. And they um, made a very concerted choice to, in the comics, there's an element of one of the character's abilities that requires self-harm. Right, and they, and they totally... Got rid of that entirely. And I, entirely. Was, I so respect that choice, that awareness of 
we realize that if we're making this a show and we're putting this on TV or making this character cool, there will be viewers who will try to like model the, the yeah. behavior of these people. So we can't do that. And that is exactly the kind of changes I expect to see from thoughtful creators on TV when adapting projects. Yeah, they could have done without um, scary Spanish-speaking uh, guys in the yeah, cold right? open, and like, that are like come off really like aggressive and scary. But then they're just like, "Well, she would have been better off with us." And it's just like, "But then why were you just to nicer you? to her?" It's like if you're yeah. trying to save her from them from whatever this other thing is, then like you should have done better because it would have been obvious that your your approach, leering right. at and yelling at aggressively. This person yeah. who clearly doesn't speak this language yeah. is not working. That's right. It's never going to work. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Now that I started, I was like, oh, it's going to be this kind of a show where they're the threat. And you can tell they're the threat because they speak Spanish and they have tattoos. So clearly that means they are, you know, some sort of criminal element. So they they subvert that a little bit. But even their desire to play on that expectation is problematic Comes- as far as I'm as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, it comes off really, really poorly. And it's a weird misstep for this show that is A, incredibly diverse, Mm -hmm. but B, is also just like, otherwise, fairly well put together. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Um, Do we have anything to say about Arrow other than it's hilarious that Billy Joel's in this episode? (laughs) No, like, not really, because the episode itself is not terrific by any stretch of the imagination, but I love the fact that the entire action set piece at the end of the episode takes place at a Billy Joel concert. They say Billy Joel's name like 80 times. They have footage from a Billy Joel concert Mm -hmm. that they intercut into the episode, plus the audio from the concert. And it's just like, what? Who, Who paid for this? Why is this happening? Who thought it was a good idea to be like, you know what? We're going to have Michael Emerson's character pretend to want to blow up a Billy Joel concert. And it's just like, what is happening on Arrow right now? I do not understand this. And then have Wild Dog go off about the Billy Joel music <laughs> film discography about what. Yeah. Even though I do really like Stranger. I knew the Stranger front and back as a yeah, kid. Yeah, no, it's a very good song. <laughs> no, the whole album. It was one of the few uh, more rock-like albums we had yeah. on the our radio player. Radio player, record player at home. It's very weird that this Billy Joel concert was the core of this particular thing. Yeah. Um. So that was just weird. But the other thing I think we should mention is that we're clearly, obviously, setting up their impending Black Lives Matter episode with this. Mm. And I'm very not excited about it. <laughs> yeah. With, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm not looking forward to, to that. And I, I, I'm, I was torn initially because I was glad that they wanted to take on a gun control issue. Even, you know, like episode, like they did, even if they didn't do a great job, they didn't do an unreal season two, you know, like they, <laughs> it wasn't great, but, but like, it was simplistic, but it wasn't I, that offensive or anything. But it, it showed um, a level of reflection that I appreciated um, and a show that is that, you know, just really celebrates uh, violence. And um, and, you know, there's a lot of gun use, good good guys saving the day with guns. So like to ha- to be somewhat aware of that, I thought was terrific and interesting. But like this arrow, you're not the show to do this. Learn from Lady Dynamite. <laughs> 
I don't know what we thought we were doing. We have an all right white writers room. We shouldn't have done the race episode. <laughs> like that's learn from Maria Bamford in season two of Lady Dynamite. Um, Arrow, don't just just don't do it. I know it's too late. Like it's too late. They've done too much press. They're committed to it. But I'm not look I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I, I the idea that Emerson's character is seeking revenge for a dead son is. Yeah. I don't know if we it's get a, it, Arrow. Fathers yeah. and sons, eh? Yeah, we get it. And that that was my thought. It was like, oh God, we've we've now officially had three episodes of this all in a row. And it's just mm-hmm. like, no, no, yeah. Arrow, you're you're hitting this button way too much. And the shock treatment's not gonna work anymore if you keep hitting that button. Yeah. Um, so it's a diminishing return on that, um, already. Mm-hmm. um so we'll see but i'm also just yeah it's it's yeah it's arrow i can't yeah. wait to stop watching the show after the crossover <laughs> <laughs> okay well let's run things out with supergirl we're not talking about the rest of the cw shows because they're just in you know they're 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 in uh tread water mode until we get to the crossover next week so supergirl though had a very right. significant thing happen which is the return of Monel and the revelation that he's been in the future and has lived seven years while she's had seven months and he came back married here's what i need I need Monel's relationship with his wife to be real, and I need her to not be killed off or revealed as evil. I need them to not pull an alias season three, basically. Okay. And then no, I'm and, down with it. Yeah. Right. And I'm excited about like the casting of Saturn Girl um a lot. Um she's a, a fairly big deal within um Indian cinema. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm really excited to see um what she brings to this. And I'm excited, like I'm totally with you in that Saturn Girls and Monel's relationship needs to be legit. And it needs to be something that plays out in a legitimate way. And I like that this is a way for them to knock on wood hopefully circumvent the love triangle will they won't they sort of thing yeah whether or not the show commits to that will remain to be seen for at least a week (laughs) (laughs) since we have to deal with um alt earth nazis next week um but i really want that to happen and as frustrating as this episode was because all he has to do is speak up and but it made for a really tight sort of episode, I thought, overall. Um, a friend of the show and Caroline Sita did a really nice write-up about the episode over at the TV club. And one of the things she pointed out was that it there's no there's no villain this week. There's no one to, like, punchy-punch. And there's no bomb this week uh, to defuse. And I didn't realize that until Monel was running through the DO that we didn't have something to punchy-punch this week. And I just went, oh! This is really good because it's a continuation of the show's like general low stakes sort of villains so far this week, um, which allows uh, the rain stuff, which we we should talk about as well, um, that gets a big pickup this week um, in a really effective way, I think. But that the show can operate without having a villain of the week, which is something that a lot of these shows kind of forget that they can do. And it was particularly something I'd grappled with in Flash season two a lot when, especially in the middle of the run where they're just like, well, we can't really do anything with Zoom just yet. Um, What can we do? Like star pit, I guess. And it's just like, but no, you don't need to do tar pit. You just need to do character interactions. And suddenly Supergirl figures that out in this type of an episode where they do this sort of thing where Monel, for whatever reason, refuses to talk. But 
it's still interesting, it's still compelling, and it's generally a really good performance with a solid sort of reveal at the end. So I really liked how the Monel side of things played off here. And like you, I'm really hoping that they stick to this. Yeah. I need them to have a satisfying reason that he is wearing her ring and mm-hmm. or necklace and doesn't give it back to her. Like if it's like if I'm going back to the past, I should bring this back for Kara. Mm-hmm. That I think is super legit and it still speaks to their the, the intensity and the strength of their relationship at that time. It lets him have moved on but makes him, you know, like acknowledge this. But that's not how they play it in this episode. Um, I just really don't want them to do the tiresome love triangle. Um, however, I do, like, I think they mostly sell. And, and this is, I think, in Wood's performance as well as in yeah. direction and editing. That he's like, should I tell her? Ah, no, it's not, a, it's not a good time. I mean, like, there's not a good time, but this is really not a good time. Like, you can see him about to tell her a couple times and he's like, yeah, not yet. Um, and I also totally get him being like, maybe if I tell her, she'll get really pissed and she won't let me leave, <laughs> you know, like not necessarily trusting her reaction um, or being uncertain about it and feeling, you know, a lot of really tricksy emotions. Um, right. So especially I, after he finds out it's only been seven months for her. Yeah. Well, and that's that's you know when he realizes when it is, that's a huge difference. So, um, yeah. I think as far as these things go, I think they did a good job in bringing him back. Um, and as for Rain, um, I I kind of feel like we can see what the arc for that character is going to be. And that's a little disappointing. Like the loses herself to this programming, but at the very end regains yeah. her sanity. Thanks to her daughter. To save her daughter and then dies or tragically, but heroically. And then, you know, Kyler Lee has a kid now, you know, like, like that's kind of feels like what they're saying. So I'm hoping that they do something else or if they're going to just do that, that they do it really well, which I think they have the ability to, to just execute that very straightforward storyline very well. I do think that they have set up everything in a satisfactory way. And um, like, they're telling a story that is pretty, uh, straightforward for genre fans or whatever i think they're doing a good job executing not the most compelling story ever and and making it feel like okay yes it's ridiculous but what if this actually was you and like there's enough little details and touches like having um sam have a college sweater from national city university whatever that she lets lena borrow when lena's over like those kinds of touches makes it feel more lived in and um it makes it feel more relatable in a way that I think is important. If you're going to not like, if, if you're going to do this kind of a story in such a four very specific genre fans, paper in a straightforward way. Right. But I, I, your point about it being effective, I think is really important because I mean, th- it's an inverted Clark Kent origin story and it's very well done. Mm-hmm. And the whole like, no, I, I didn't know what to do with you, and I also sort of abused you. Um, <laughs> sort of, like, bad household. You did not get the Kents. Yeah. Um, and then you find out you're supposed to be evil. <laughs> and it's 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 all very good, and she finds a fortress of solitude in the middle of a, of a arid, like, desert desert, as opposed to the North Pole. Mm-hmm. and just it's it's all very it's all very i think it's all very like smart and it's a nice sort of like what if a horribly wrong sort of situation without like going too heavy with it yeah um 
it, it acknowledges what it's doing quite clearly, but it doesn't like hit you over the head that it's doing it. So I really appreciated that. But I also agree with your point of like, this is obviously the end goal of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the effectiveness of it is going to hinge on them entirely. And yeah. our enjoyment of it is, can you do this really rope thing really well? Because then if you do, you're fine. Well, and no doubt Annabelle, I think, is doing a really terrific job with yeah. her performance, too. And the connection, yeah. the casting of her and the daughter, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I shouldn't be okay with her just leaving her kid to go find herself or whatever. But yeah. they've sold how freaked out she is and how, like, she mm-hmm. needs to, like, she can't be a good parent and safe parent for her daughter when she's right. not figuring this stuff out either. So, like, I think they, they, they're selling, they were, they've been able to sell stuff so far that they shouldn't necessarily be able to sell. Um, so I... You know, I, I will see. I look forward to seeing where they go with it. And certainly it's a different kind of uh, villain for the end yeah. of the season. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. It's a little similar to, you know, fake uh, to Astro or whatever, like the or the um, the, the ant, you know, who's going to destroy the world, save the world, climate yeah. change or whatever. It's a little bit of that, but um, but it's different enough that I think it works. And taking this approach to the your uh the super villain for the season is actually your friend thing flash this is how you do it yeah <laughs> this is much better <laughs> so um yeah i, I thought this was a, uh, another good episode for supergirl and again uh, because they're going to be going off to a different dimension for the wedding um they don't need to like set things in motion quite there's not quite so much specific table setting um yeah. And that is giving Supergirl more more space to breathe, and that's working well. Yeah, it's given all of them like way more space to breathe. The fact that they don't have to do any setup for the crossover this year mm-hmm. is a godsend. Yeah, <laughs> for <Yep>. all the shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, what wins your week in drama and genre? Um, I'll split with myself. Um, even though I didn't finish, she's got to have it. I really, really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. but Marvel's Runaway is also just like kind of surprisingly uh, strong. I think. Um, so I'll give it to Runaways, and she's got to have it. But I managed to finish everything of Runaways, um, that aired this week. Uh, what about you? What won your week in drama and drama? Blah! What won your week in drama and genre? I uh, will give some love to The Exorcist, which was another strong episode. Um, mm-hmm. it didn't really have anything new to say, which is why we didn't talk about it, but you know, good exorcist is good. <laughs> That's all I have to say yeah. about that. Um, I, you know, and I like runaways, but I had not enough to give it to that over Supergirl and Supergirl was strong, but like none of these are as interesting or memorable for me as like the standouts in the weekend comedy. So, you know, I guess the exorcist, but also Supergirl was a lot of fun and you know, we'll see. I'm expecting to have more of a stake in my answer next week in our Mm -hmm. drama genre. So we will see how that goes. But for now, let's take a break and come back with our final 2017 TV resolution check-in to see if Noel is watching enough anime and if I'm watching enough streaming TV. We'll be right back after this. What's gay? What? Hmm? I'm the nanny, the babysitter. Quinn, can you come out? How do you know he's gay if he's like six years old? You're right, I don't. He could be trans or like bi. Oh. And loves pink. Pink and purple. Yeah. Does your mommy know? Don't tell her, please. I used to wear my sister's clothes all the time. I have like tons of pictures of it on my Instagram. Show me, please. Um, that's so messed up. You have 
the tower. Is everything okay? Yeah. Well, I, uh... I just remember feeling extremely confused and ashamed. And I mean, I know that I might be like waiting in iffy territory, but it's for the gayer good. The gayer good. It's like the greater good, but for gays. <sighs> That was a trailer for Danny the Manny, as well as some of the theme music for the anime uh, series that Noel has been watching. So for our TV resolution check-in number five, our final one. So so it was like every month we'll do... mm, That's too frequent. (laughs) It was too much. Yeah. But so far, it's not just like every other. We'll end up with our last one getting it to six. So not too bad, all things considered. Um, this time, and again, my, my TV resolution was to watch more streaming series, specifically YouTube series. And yours was to watch more anime. So the, the streaming series that I, I have seen since the last time we did this was uh, Danny the Manny and the Game Wonders Life of Caleb Gallo. Now, Danny the Manny, these are both five episodes shows. Um, I did not realize Danny the Manny was like five episodes and they're each like, six minutes long so it's like oh it's a really short show but it was one that that i enjoyed i feel like you should have worked in a third series then (laughs) this is uh was written and directed by mike roma um and it stars patrick riley as danny who is a a nanny for a kid and he is uh he babysits his kid after school and he walks in he's oh danny's queer he's gay and uh he is like 23 um, he's a young guy and uh, he walks in on the kid who's like seven, eight, um, dressing up in his mom's clothes and wearing her makeup and stuff. And uh, the kid freaks out. Um, and so then it's about dealing with like it, it's a mostly comedic kind of slice of life kind of thing. But it's like him trying to relate to the kid. And does he tell the mom and his own experiences, Danny's experiences growing up? And um, it's these, it's a very short little arc. Um, the, it's, it's funny. The, I enjoyed it. Um, but it does feel, it, it, it is rather slight, but as far as like a short film kind of thing, I think it works. And it was certainly, I enjoyed the performances of, of Riley. And also the kid is, uh, uh, Bradley Bundy. 
uh, or Bundley um, as, as Quinn. Uh, and he was like the rapport between those two, the the, the kid and, and Danny um, was, you know, I thought it was effective. He's really withdrawn at first. And then they bond over this, over drag a little bit and, and just self-expression and that kind of thing. And then, you know, there's te- some other tension that needs to be addressed. I think it, uh, it subverts some expectations in a nice way and ends with a, like on a, on a, maybe a somewhat of a surprising note, which I appreciated. Um, Rebecca Avery does some heavy lifting as the mom, Karen. Um, and she only gets a few scenes, but I think does a good job with them. The writing helps with that as well. Um, but yeah, so it was fun, but I was like, okay, this is like showed up on some lists of good, a good series. Let's, let's dive in with this. Oh, that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, it was nice. Fair enough. Um, but the game Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo, which is also five episodes, but they're each like about 20 minutes. Much okay. more substantive. That felt much more like a real show. <laughs> Not that Danny oh. Manny isn't a real show, but yeah. it's like, it's like a series of very, like six minutes, seven minutes shorts. Whereas the game in Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo is like a much more, feels more like a, like a, an actual like series that is on. TV. There's on okay. YouTube, sorry. And I, I specifically like the editing is really good. They got some the rights to the music. I know it was a bit of an issue because the 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 descriptions said like this had to get pulled down, so we switched out the music and now it's fine. So I don't know if they just haven't gotten pulled down because like if they have the rights to these because like like Hungry Like a Wolf, like there's some like really big songs in this. And they would you'd think they would be very expensive, but meh. I just know that I enjoyed them. Um, the This is written by the lead, uh, uh, Brian Jordan Alvarez, and directed by him and uh, his directing partner, uh, or I should say, directed by him as well as uh, Jason Looney. Um, and it follows this guy, Caleb, who is in school to be, uh, he wants to be a theater teacher and like um, help kids who don't usually have access to the arts and to theater Um you know, learn about the arts and theater and everything. So he's in school for grad, like grad school for that. Um, and he's, he has a bunch of friends who are actors and it's just based a bunch of single people like having complicated love lives. Um, but like it's, it's really fun and compelling. And I was felt immediately connected to a bunch of these characters. It's very well put together. And while I don't like <laughs> the main love interest for Caleb, um, is, is, uh, this guy, uh, Benicio and I don't feel like they earned him at all like he's just like we're supposed to be like oh he's so beautiful isn't he just a wonderful pure like you haven't shown me why like the performance from Alvarez shows how shows how much Caleb cares about him and like that there's a connection there but they're long distance for most of the episodes because he's in London um and and so like you don't get any sense of why I should be rooting for that couple you know other than Caleb says that he wants them to be together there's also the straight guy uh Billy and he's uh he's really annoying and everybody's swooning over him but he's also just so egomaniacal and makes everything about him and he's definitely has a thing for Caleb Caleb's like obsessed with him but he has he's straight like different things where I also didn't like him as much as I was clearly supposed to I didn't find him as charming as so much as I found toxic you know um so it was interesting. I, I I found myself having strong opinions about these characters <laughs> really quickly because again, five episodes, twenty minutes each. Um, there's like one of the standouts for me is Ken Kirby as this is his name. Okay, Lenjamin McButtons, and they they pull it off. His name is Len, 
And every now and again, uh, Caleb will go, Benjamin. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous. <laughs> but because normally they call him Len, it's not that big a deal. Um, and he's just a very, like these, all these performances, they're all act, they're all actors and they're all very performative. The characters are. Um, so they all tend to be like a bit heightened, a bit like manic, um, but it works together really well and it gives good energy. And that along with the direction and the, the editing, editing is huge in this one, um, really gives it a good flow and, and brings everything together. So I had a lot of fun watching this one. This is probably one of my favorites. It was up uh, for several awards. It was, uh, Caleb Gallo and her story were up against each other a bunch. They came out a similar time. Yeah. Um, I also, I got to specifically mention Jason Green as Freckle, who is the gender fluid, uh, character on the show, who is a star. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's a very heightened character, but they, they use, uh, they use Freckle enough, like in just the right way that it's, it's doesn't overwhelm the series. Like it could, like that character Mm -hmm. could, um, and I don't know. I just I had a lot of fun watching this this one. I was it's right up there with her story and Lizzie Bennett for me. Um, okay, cool. So I would highly recommend it. Um, I think certainly that uh, Brian Jordan Alvarez is somebody to look out for as a filmmaker and as an actor. And he works, you know, written by, directed by, and starring. And a lot mm-hmm. of times when um, in web series, when a lot of people like part of the appeal is that you get to go make your own thing, right? You can, you, you can have your vision and craft it and put it all together. And sometimes the the person who has that vision shouldn't necessarily be the one who's starring it, you know, and you can see where their strengths are. Maybe they're more of an actor, but they, the way they can act is to direct themselves and write for themselves. Or maybe they're more of a writer, but the way they write is they also have to act, you know? And I think for him, he does a good job with all of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I would I would certainly encourage people to go seek that one out. Um, and if you just like you super bingeable, you could watch one a day, but you could also just sit down for a couple hours and just do that instead of a movie. Um, but by the end, I, I was very enamored with the characters and with some of the messages of it, and just people not really sure of what they're doing, but they they care for each other, and the if they hurt each other, it's not through malice. Um, and yeah, I think it has a very positive message and, and a lot of warmth. And it, it's terrific for representation. There's there's uh, at least one poly couple on, on the show. There's a lot of uh, diversity in the casting um, and a lot of just there is there isn't that barrier of heteronormativity, you know, that you get right. in other series that would have a character like Freckle. Um, and that's something that certainly is uh if, even if the show was just fine, it would be uh, worth seeking out for that element of it. But it's it's much better than that. It's a good show. And it's certainly one that I've enjoyed that I never would have found if I hadn't been actively seeking out recommendations for streaming series. So, um, yeah, I that's where I guess I will, I will leave it that with that one. And I will have to ponder my rankings when we wrap this all up with our 2018 resolutions for next year. Um, I'll have to ponder because this one's in contention for the top. So... Sounds see. really good. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's and again, like I said, I keep saying, it's such an easy watch. <laughs> and it even just touches like the credits kind of all fly in from different directions and settle at the top mm-hmm. of the frame and just little things like that um, just make it feel a lot more polished, you know. And um, and and separate something like Danny the Manny, which is fun, but also but very like I have a good camera. Let's do this from a much more constructed and cohesive. Um, product or, or finished product, I should say, 
like uh, Caleb Gallo. So that that's where I uh, I am for that for for my TV resolutions right now and my final one uh, for November. We'll see if I get any in in December. Um, where are you at with your anime viewing, sir? Right. So the winter season um, hasn't been. Well, fall season, I should say. Um, winter season's in next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fall season hasn't been particularly kind. Um, <laughs> I didn't really find a whole lot that I was excited about from the big chart they uh, that gets put out um, mm-hmm. about new shows. Uh, so I basically sort of went from a recommendation from my friend Danielle, um, who said, this got okay reviews. And then I went for something else that just sounded sort of interesting and kind of off the beaten track. So the thing that got good reviews and the thing that I like the most right now and i should say that i'm a few episodes behind on both of these um just due to um life in general um and both of these also holidays and everything and both of these also air uh air on crunchyroll on saturdays uh which i you would think i would have more time to watch stuff but we have so much stuff on friday that i really look forward to (laughs) yeah um so first up is recovery of an mmo junkie um so this deals with morika morika who uh, is a successful um, corporate uh, salary lady. Um, She quits her job to become a shut-in and play video games, um, an MMO, basically, for the rest of her life. Um, But, uh, and she plays this MMO that is relatively new. And uh, yeah, so she basically does it to, like, try to find out, like, a purpose in life again after, like, soul-crushing uh, corporate job and she starts to find that kind of stuff and she plays as a guy in the game that she plays and she, um then there's this nice uh female character in the game that like helps her like navigate the beginning lie beginning parts of the game they she ends up joining a guild that this character other characters in but then of course naturally they inadvertently meet up in real life and naturally, the person playing the female character in the game is a dude. And this is the shop around the corner? It's kind of the shop around the corner, almost, yes. Um, on But a little too conveniently executed, because it turns out, like, the guy at the convenience store that uh, Moriko goes to is the head of the guild. So it's, it's a little too convenient and a little too pat. Um... But it's cute and it's charming. Um, the it takes connections between that are established within the real world that translate into sorry connections that are established in the game world and translated into a real world quite seriously. In like the only good thing that was about Sword Art Online is how seriously it took those kind of things, and this continues that trend. So I really appreciate it from that um, standpoint. But it's very rom commy. It's very sort of well, but I haven't like gone out in forever and I'm just eating crap and I don't really know how to date, go out on a date anymore and that kind of stuff. Um, so it's cute. It's charming. It's sweet, but it's like nothing that I'm like, yeah, I'm really enjoying this. It's just like, no, this is, this is fine. This is okay. Um, this is better than a couple of the other shows that I sampled and only did one episode of. One was super hyper violent and then the other one was just too much extra stuff that I was just like, I can't watch this anymore. Um, so it's fine. It's good. Um, I'm enjoying it, but it's also something where I can not feel bad that I'm like two weeks behind on it either. 
Um, so no, it's okay. Um, the other one I'm watching, and I liked the premise of this a great deal, is Two Car. Um, and you deals- say it like that because. Because it's in all caps and has an exclamation point. Very important. Um, very important. Um, even though I've also seen it stylized without those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so this deals with motorcycle sidecar racing. Um, all gr- Kate just bare. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Kate, yeah. And it's all ladies uh, mm-hmm. doing a motorcycle sidecar racing. I would so, expect nothing less. Expect nothing less. Um, though with some of these shows, what ends up happening is that there are no men anywhere on the show whatsoever, except for the coach that we never see his face, um, who has left his two wards to go become to the Isle of Man, no less, where there is actually a longstanding sidecar race that is actually in reality where there is a sidecar racing tournament every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he goes, he leaves his two wards to go and like compete in this race as he has taught them everything that he can. Uh, but they're also naturally both in love with him. Uh, um, but the thrust of the show is mostly about exploring the relationships between the drivers and the folks in the sidecar. And the dynamics, be- and everyone falls into like types. Like we have a sadomasochistic type, we've got a. Uh, two twins that you can't really tell apart of course. and so forth and so on of course and but the dynamics that are explored between them and what they learn about one another through racing and changing partners and that kind of thing and it's all it's all okay like i'm not compelled by any of the pairs which is a major problem in a show like this where it's very driven by the pairs so the conflicts between like the s&m um g- girls um, where the, um, <clears throat> where the M is having dreams of being the S, mm. um, is, um, is like becoming an issue within like their partnership. And it's, it's funny, but it's like not, it's, I don't feel like it's given necessarily enough room, at least where I stopped watching. And so I was just like, well, if you're going to be this character driven, I need like a lot of stuff to hook me in. And I'm not even getting that from like our two primary characters, Yuri and Megumi, who are don't really like one another, but they're the best racers out there. Um, And I think we froze again. Did we? Yep, we did. We're back. Okay. Okay. Um. So I'm not feeling particularly compelled by sidecar, uh, not sidecar, but by two car, um, which is why I think I'm like three behind on this one, whereas I'm only two behind on recovery of an MMO junkie. Um, so it's been sort of a lackluster, it's been kind of a lackluster um, fall season for me, which was disappointing, um, as I normally was pleasantly surprised by some of my choices, um, but there's still time to find something um, in terms of for the shows to really surprise me, I'm hoping. Um, I tried to like watch another series that aired earlier this year, but I just haven't made time for it, um, which I regret. Um, and I probably won't have time to get to it, as you said that we were approaching the listening, so which we are so close. Um, <laughs> Not but yeah, so yeah, oh. so it's it's been perfectly fine. Um, fall season, just like nothing. I've been like super excited about, which has left me a little disappointed. Yeah, no, I feel I feel you there. Yeah, because well, their description of two car sounds like it should be amazing, and then it's like, yeah, but they're not quite executing it to their yeah. full, you know, the potential of the story, and that's disappointing to hear. Uh, with with a name like two car, 
<laughs> like it should be amazing. It should be so yeah. fun. Um, and maybe it'll come around. Maybe, hopefully it, it maybe. will. Yeah. Yeah. And I should note that, um, at least with MMO Junkie, uh, if you don't want to do subtitles, it's also streaming on Funimation's website with a dub, but they're on a four week delay, um, just because of the logistics of needing to dub everything, um, mm-hmm. which is how I was actually going to watch both of these. But then I realized that that was not a great idea for our resolution check in of being <laughs> like, I've watched two episodes. I'm um, a month behind. <laughs> I'm a month behind. So I can't do that, though. I think I may, now that we've done our check in, I may like to start to wait for at least MMO Junkie to build up on Funimation's website so I can just watch the dub and do something else while it's on fair enough fair enough yeah um okay well then i guess uh unless you have any final thoughts it's time for some show notes um you can find a post for this episode over at theteleverse.org which is the website for the podcast you can email us theteleverse at gmail.com we love hearing from you guys you can also find us on facebook like the page start up a conversation there or you can find us on itunes with an m4a chaptered feed and an mp3 unchaptered feed we'd appreciate ratings and reviews it helps other people find the show and lets us know that you're listening um you can also find us in stitcher uh our m4a feed is up over there we'd appreciate ratings and reviews there as well and then of course we're both in twitter up at twitter i'm at the televerse you are at Noel RK. Thank you, Noel. Thank you, Kate. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Another episode of the Televerse. 